We're tech talking with Mike McGee on the morning amp on Tuesday. With codes and phones and 3D clones on the morning amp on Tuesday. Innovative apps, PCs versus Macs, maybe even something old like faxes and compacts. Games on difficult, high scores are his results. Blacklight steeped our turtleneck up in the apple cult. It's Tech Talk with senior tech correspondent Mike McGee on the morning amp. That's right, senior tech correspondent Mike McGee is in the house. Well, actually, he's on the phone. He's joining us via the Vocal Hotline to give us the tech talk of the day. Mr. McGee, how are you this morning? Oh, I'm doing okay. It's not really a hotline. It's more of a cold line outside. Yeah. It's freezing weather. Boo. But, uh, you know. I do it for Vocalo. I do it for you. We appreciate you and all the work that you do, not just for us, but for Code Now, where you are the director of programs, of course. And we'll talk about Giving Tuesday and what people can do for Code Now in just a bit. But let's get to the first story of the day. What's this about robot arms? Oh, going straight to the robot arms. Yeah, I, I love have it. questions. <laughs> this is one of my favorite stories of 2018. But uh, apparently, if you know, eating with two hands or one hand is not enough. Uh, you can uh, attach a robot arm uh, as a third arm to feed you. Um, yeah, this is, I can't come up with the words because it's that ridiculous. So but it's not like something some... that is designed purposefully to help, like, f- the disabled or people who, you know, maybe only have the one arm, or people who have, like, Parkinson's disease and have the shakes and things like this. This is... Well, I mean, it could be used for those. Um, None of those words were found in the video that they made or (laughs) many of the articles that they're talking about. But, you know, technology always finds a way for uh, other purposes, and in what you just explained, much better purposes than this. Um, but what they're at least what the researchers who are designing this product are going for uh, is kind of making this the you know the actual activity of eating food more of a social experience. So I think they're designing this arm called the Armadine for uh, couples or friends eating together. And what happens is you put on this kind of harness that has the robot arm attached. So it's supposed to be coming from your chest. And it has a smartphone attached to it as well to read your facial expressions. So if you smile and the robot arm recognizes a smile, then it will feed you food. If you frown, it'll feed your dining partner food. And if you make kind of an ambiguous uh, facial expression... Like the one I'm making right now. (laughs) Yes. If you just make some kind of half smile or half frown or just don't open your mouth it'll just kind of shake in front of you and and or your uh, dining partner and then it'll just choose someone to feed so those are the three possible interactions you can have with this so the researchers said that too much technology when it comes to food in the food industry is focused on like preparation or delivery uh but None of the current kind of technical uses or technology uses are focused on the actual uh, activity of eating something. So apparently these researchers think that just eating with your hands or utensils is boring. So you need to strap on a robot arm uh, to make it more exciting. So that is the Armadine. And uh, yeah, it's not out for 
uh, consumer use yet. So you can't go to Best Buy or Walmart or Amazon and buy this. But, you know, you talk to these researchers, uh, maybe they can send you a prototype. You can test it out. Now, I waited tables and bartended for 20 years. I barista'd. I have washed dishes. I have bust tables. And I got to tell you that if I walked up to your table and I saw you harnessing on this third arm, I would turn around and walk away. <laughs> there is no universe in which I'm standing here asking you what kind of potato you want with a sandwich while this third arm is looking at me in the face. I'm not doing that. I'm not doing that. And I, I don't imagine that the service industry will react very well to yeah this. <laughs> i don't think this is gonna be i don't think someone's gonna be putting this on in public no you I know think they this are is... the same people who had these google glasses Glass, yes. they're gonna be like "Ooh, yeah let me get on this latest piece of tech these two arms aren't enough well, I mean, I'm a super well, here's a... fair fair but the google glass like that's it those are glasses like glasses have been around for you know hundreds of years so the google glass while obviously had a unique look they were still a pair of glasses like, I, I don't think, you know, people are going to be, you know, putting on this harness with a big robotic arm uh, in a bar or a restaurant. This I think this is for the people who don't want to get off their couch, uh, me, and want to, you know, apparently have a friend that's a robotic arm that feeds you food. Um, I think they're trying to uh, address the loneliness ec- epidemic and having a, a third robotic feeding arm. <laughs> is the the way they're trying to do it. So um, I don't think this is, if you're in a bar, you're around, you're surrounded by people or at least, you know, strangers. So you're not going to put this on, but you know, I've been you're wrong before. Put this so. on. Me and Curtis, I'm going to put this on. There's some tech bro out there in Silicon Valley. Who's like, let me pull up to the Bennigans and test. Well, yeah. <laughs> 100% Mike McGee is Curtis yeah. Shaw flag over here. We, we, we didn't get the chance to be at the same place at the same time. So we could prove to the world that we're two different people. Uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> if I'd have known you were going to be in there, I would have, I could have moved my schedule around right. and we could have, you know, freaked some people out. Right. So. Yeah. Good to yeah. hear from you. But so you're saying that, uh, you know, this, this, this third bionic arm, is it going to be capable of learning cool handshakes? Ooh, that's a good question. Ooh. Well, I mean, it's got three kind of interactions down now. So it's a smile, a frown, and ambiguous. So okay. I'm pretty sure, you know, anything is possible in the world of programming. So, Absolutely. Uh, you know, but I am concerned about the kind of the diversity of the, the researchers. So I don't <laughs> see any kind of, uh, you know, dope uh, handshakes or, or right. daps or any kind of yeah. thing coming like in the next two to three years. <laughs> nah, nah. Yeah. It's going to be that awkward, like, you do, you go in for the, the, the professional and then you try to, you know, lock it in and then it's just, like, still stuck yeah. there and you're like, next come on, bro, you know, come on. Dab it, up, dab it up, dab it up, dab it up, dab it up. Yeah, a lot of awkward hand clasps, a lot of awkward hand clasps in the future for this robotic arm. Fair but, enough. you know, we can hope, we can dream. I still have a lot of questions about the robot arm, but... I, I, I gotta, I gotta move past it. <laughs> so uh, now that I've got you both here, okay. this story is the the bridge that links your two specialties. I've got my senior social media correspondent here. I've got my senior tech correspondent here. Let's talk about uh, whether Americans, United States citizens, what what do we, what do they think of social networks in general? Are they doing more harm than good? Mike McGee, let's take a look at the numbers. 
Yeah, there's a recent study uh, that was done through a SurveyMonkey uh, survey that asked about uh, over 3,600 adults if social media does more help or hurt uh, when it comes to democracy and free speech. Uh, it's the second year they've done the poll, and this year's poll found a precipitous decline in social media sentiment. So when it comes to thinking the federal government will do enough to regulate big tech companies like Google and Facebook, uh, 55% are more fearful uh, that the government won't do enough to regulate. Uh, that's a 14-point increase over last year. And if you believe uh, that social media is more helpful uh, than harmful, you are now in the minority of Americans. So it is now a majority of Americans that feel that social media uh, does more harm uh, than help, uh, you know, when it comes to democracy and free speech. So uh, very positive numbers, uh, but there hasn't been a lot of positive stories when it comes to Facebook and, and Google and a lot of other big social networks, Twitter, of course, uh, being one of the primary ones. So uh, this is not surprising uh, to find these uh, results and these numbers. No, not at all. And, and Mike, I actually want to ask you, because I feel like kind of in the past, you know, f- six months, you know, especially the past few months, you know, obviously like with the, with the campaigning and, and, and you know, Facebook um, really trying to like clamp down on election tampering and kind of all the other social media um, platforms subsequently trying to follow in those footsteps so they don't repeat, you know, kind of some of the same disasters that Facebook had. How much do you think moving forward things like net neutrality would um, would change or sway, um, you know, U.S. citizens' uh, perception of how much control the government should actually have? Because it's one thing when you get when it comes down to regulating free speech and, and, and you know, and, and threats and, and, and terror, you know, these these kind of things on social media. But when it comes to the influence that the government may have that may affect um a user's pockets. I feel like at that point, you know, it, it kind of gets a little tricky because it's like, well, I do want the government to have, you know, more of an influence on, you know, what people are saying and it shouldn't just be the wild, wild west out there. But then, you know, obviously if they do step in, that actually gives them precipitous to, to kind of push that net neutrality agenda a little further. Mm-hmm. And then it becomes almost a, a full-on regulated uh, platform. And, you know, if you're not paying, especially if you're a small business or, you know, a tech startup or something like that, it may cost you more, um, you know, to, you know, have faster speeds and, you know, and download rates and, and things like that. Do you think that may change um, the public's perception of um, the government's involvement? Yeah, I mean, I think, you know, obviously once uh, Trump was elected, uh, you know, the FCC uh, voted against uh, net neutrality when it was President Obama, it was a 3-2, uh, you know, in favor of keeping net neutrality. So, you know, obviously it's a concerning time uh, for Internet, uh, you know, fairness and equity. And, you know, the, the uh, you know, lower amount of protections that we have, uh, it provides an advantage for bigger companies uh, and entities, media companies, to uh, get more of their, you know, coverage out there. Mm-hmm. And it actually hurts the small business and hurts, you know, the up and coming uh, tech startups or, or apps or ideas that are looking to promote fairness. So, mm-hmm. uh, you know, that's why we're, you know, kind of in the situation now where you see Facebook and Google and Twitter and Amazon have this great power. And even if they go to Congress and get yelled at by some representatives and senators, <laughs> uh, nothing really happens. Nothing changes, um, and, yeah. <laughs> you know, and even in the story, you know, they talk to some Facebook employees, uh, you know, anonymously, of course, but 
you know, they, you know, some of them mentioned that they're evaluated based on quantifiable metrics that kind of force uh, or seem to force them to have quick updates uh, to and quick solutions for certain uh, problems, but they don't actually fix the problem. They actually exacerbate the problem and create more. Um, so I think, you know, regulation, a lot, a lot of us kind of feel like it's a binary kind of choice. Like it's either forceful regulation or no regulation at all. And I think what we've seen from these companies is that there is, there needs to be a conversation about, you know, not necessarily controlling what these uh, networks and what these apps or companies say, but putting more safeguards in place to properly test new features or, you know, also with diversity and inclusion to have more uh, people from different backgrounds, uh, gender, racial, whatever, uh, you know, slice you want to, you know, put in uh, to actually have more thoughtful, uh, you know, ideas. So there's a many different angles, but what's happening right now, I think based on the survey, based on, you know, the stories that both of us, you know, bring on Vocalo every week, uh, something needs to change. Uh, and the people that are currently in place have not shown uh, the track record of actually doing that. I totally, yeah, I feel you 100%. There's actually been some talks about Mark Zuckerberg stepping down, but we'll see. It's Zuckerberg's world. We're just living in it. Yeah, There's Curtis Shaw flag right there. There's Mike McGee on the phone. He's our senior tech correspondent. Uh, let's talk about our app of the week. It's Siri this time, but Siri's, uh, she's stepping it up. Siri knows that Black Lives Matter. How on earth is she helping make our lives a little longer, I guess? <laughs> yeah, if yeah, you use this shortcut. Uh, so, you know, Apple, both a software and hardware company, uh, you know, always coming out with new iPhones and iPads and watches and computers and all the things that we, uh, of course, need to buy every year. But they also come out with new operating system to run all these hardware devices. And so if you have an Apple product, uh, you might have downloaded or been forced to download with the constant reminders you get if you haven't installed a new software. A, uh, iOS 12, and one of the features of iOS 12 is this app called Shortcuts, which basically can stitch together several apps and kind of create kind of a recipe to uh, you know make your you know, daily use more efficient. So if there's something you do, like I want to find out when the blue line is coming uh, to go downtown, or if I need to, you know, search for something on Google, or if I want to check the score of my favorite, you know, professional sports team, you can set these little kind of recipes or shortcuts to get there faster instead of tapping all over the place. So, you know, of course, as always, you think about the nice and fun examples, but Robert Peterson of Arizona developed a more serious shortcut, and it's called Police and basically monitors police interactions uh, so you have a record of what happened. So if you install this police shortcut, you can just say, hey, Siri, I'm getting pulled over. Uh, the program then would like pause any music or any media that's playing. It turns on the brightness on your phone. It uh, turns on do not disturb mode. It also sends a text to a predetermined kind of emergency contact saying that you've been pulled over. And then it starts recording uh, using the iPhone's uh, front-facing camera. And then once you stop recording, it could text, email a video uh, to that uh, predetermined emergency contact. So, you know, this is the world we, we've we been living in, but the world that, you know, other non-minorities have realized we're living in. And here's a technological shortcut to hopefully, you know, save lives, but at least provide a record of what happens when you get pulled over. 
series are real ones. Yeah, and for those who happen to find themselves in that situation, the ACLU has said that it is legal to record officers in public, and police are not allowed to delete your footage, confiscate, or demand to view your video footage without a warrant. Mike McGee, thank you so much for joining us. We appreciate you. We'll see you next week. Yes, pleasure as always.